Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 106 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's a Tuesday. That means Mark Spector joins us for an hour. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino, the province is back up and at them. So, too, is the River Cree. Speaking of back up and at them, um, Edmonton is down to 370 active cases for COVID right now. Uh, 70.7% of the 12-plus population in the Edmonton Health Zone has been uh, received their first uh, jab. 29.2% their second jab. By the time we get to the end of June, it is my belief will be over 40% of the population will be fully vaccinated at that time. I found Teresa Tam's comments to be interesting. Are the provinces or is the feds going to move the goalposts again on us here? I guess we're we're about to find out. Again, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or check it out. They're open Monday through Saturday. Mark Spector for the horses, horse racing, Alberta Live Thoroughbred Racing, Century Mile. Friday and Sunday evenings, limited fan access. But you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time, 6.15 p.m. All right, uh, we're going to bring Sportsnet Spec back in on the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. Brendan Escott's also with us. So, Spec, I, mm-hmm. I, I found, I read your piece with a, uh, you highlighted the same incident where I just I threw my hands up. So Saturday night I'm in Jasper watching the game, and full disclosure I want to be up front here. My wife is cheering for the Canadians. She's uh, family friends of the Gallagher's, so she's she's cheering for Montreal. She likes Carey Price. I like Carey Price. Uh, I'm the only media guy that's actually been to Anaheim Lake before that I know of. Uh, so I've always liked Carey Price, and I'm watching that game Saturday night. And they're in overtime, and Marsha show high sticks Corey Perry right in the face, and he's leaking. And to me, that's as automatic of a call as flipping the puck over the glass. And yeah. some, somehow, two refs and two linesmen. And, when it, and I want to preface this by saying that I believe Vegas is a team that benefits with how the game's managed in the playoffs. They have a bigger, heavier team. They can lean on teams more. they got a well-built team. They're a good team. They're a good team. Make no mistake about it. But they're built to take advantage of how the games are managed. And I sat there and watched, and I go, how in the hell did those guys miss that high stick? That like that's and I might have used some stronger like that's a beat and I don't have I'm not sitting here 
You know, like if that was if that was, I would have been losing it if that had been an Oilers game. Okay, if that had been Leon Draisaitl, oh wait, he did get uh, hooked in overtime by Josh Morrissey. They just let it go. So, anyways, they don't call it Saturday. So then we're in the game Monday. Okay, Canadians are up one nothing. They're on a late power play. They're first of the game. This after Suzuki got one of the lamest calls you'll ever see in a game in which they've let eighteen infractions already go. So Suzuki's in front of the net. He's uh, engaged with Mr. Diplomatic Immunity himself, with Braden McNabb, and and they have a little exchange, and then right in front of Chris Lee, right, uh, Braden McNabb punches, because Montreal's on a power play as time elapses, he punches Nick Suzuki right in the face, plain as day, roughing call all day, during the regular season. Would have given the Canadians a five-on-three to start the third period for a minute 38, okay? And they didn't They didn't want to make the... And you know what? They didn't, make the, they didn't want to make the call because we don't want to influence the game. But you're influencing the game because you're not making the call. All right, Mark, the floor is here. What the hell's going What is going, what is going on here? What is, like, how do people watch this, Mark, and think... Uh, there isn't something rotten in the state of the proverbial Denmark on this one. Like, come yeah, they, on. There's, so, there's a lot to chew on there. But certainly the referees have somehow become, um, they're afraid to, to say, yeah, I'm making this call. And, it, it, you know, it's not my fault that you have a two-man advantage, Braden McNabb. It's your fault, right? Like all of us in the hockey world, we've watched that play our whole lives, Bob. Two guys are engaged. One pushes, the other pushes. Chris Lee's standing right there talking to them. I can guarantee you he's saying, the puck's gone. Break it up, right? You know, I'm, I'm going to call one guy, is what they used to say. Don't, you know, don't continue to engage. Lee is yabbering at these guys from four feet away. And what really got me, Bob, was there's always a respect factor that if I'm McNabb and I throw that gloved hand punch right in the face across the line i'm going to get a penalty we all know that you can push you can shove but when you drop down and drill a guy in the chops that you leave the ref no choice we never look at the referee and blame him for making that call we blame the player for not showing discipline right but what that told me when McNabb fired off that right hand, that told him he has no respect for the referee. He has no fear that the referee is going to make a call in that situation. The referee has completely lost the respect of the players, command of the game, any role that he's supposed to have in the game. It's, it's showed me on that punch. It's not the hits from behind. Those are bad, too. But that punch right in front of the referee to Suzuki's face. That told me right there, these players have no respect for Chris Lee, for the role the officials are playing. They blew it, right? O'Rourke and Lee did two games in a row, and they blew it. They blew the call in overtime against Corey Perry because, frankly, they didn't have the cojones to make a two-minute or a four-minute call, which they should have made. Didn't have the, the you-know-whats to make that call. Yeah. The same way, Bob. Remember Darnell Nurse flipped the puck over the glass in overtime in the Winnipeg series? Okay. Do you remember this? Edmonton killed a penalty in overtime, at the start of overtime. And right near the end of the penalty, Darnell Nurse fired a puck over the glass. Do you remember this? Yep. And they didn't make a call. Somehow that play disappeared because the rest didn't have the guts 
to give Darnell Nurse the penalty that he absolutely deserved to get a second power play might have ended the game, but the refs are chicken. For some reason here, I don't know what's going on. Maybe they have no backup in New York. Maybe their bosses are making them chicken. But the referees don't have the cojones anymore. The chicken. Let the players decide. Well, the problem is you're you're letting – we just watched – like, Mark, the Oilers lost two opening round series in a row. They weren't good enough. Oh, by the way, Connor McDavid never drew a penalty in eight playoff games in a row. The guy's yeah, that's got a bad the, stat. That's bad. It's a bad look. That stat for sure. It's 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 t- and and you know, people sit there and they watch the NHL playoffs. And if they're put it, hey man, if they're American and they don't grow up with hockey, they're sitting there thinking this thing's rigged. It's like wrestling. That's it's like wrestling. It, it's scripted, isn't it? That's right. It's scripted. Like that's what they're thinking, right? They they're watching because it doesn't make any sense, Mark. And you know. It's interesting. Like, Vegas has built a heavy, tough team. Vegas. Okay? Vegas. Emphasis on the word Vegas. And so they were either between George McPhee, and I know enough about Kelly McCrimmon to know Kelly would like his teams like that, and so too with George McPhee. But the thing that's played into their advantage is the league is not being held accountable to allow the stars to shine. So Vegas, which is, do they have, I mean, Mark Stone might be one of the best wingers in the league, and they got Petran. They're in on everybody. Like, they've got an advantage because of how tax works yeah, in the States. But, they, they can, right. but at the end of the of day, their support, like, the game six against Colorado, like, they were better than Colorado. They won four straight games. But yeah, they you know bullied Colorado out of that series, oh, boy. Right, because the officials, when they're yeah. oper- it wasn't even in the final game, it wasn't even McKinnon. It was McCarr. Like, they yeah. were hooking McCarr yeah. the entire bloody game. It, 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 and I watched this with McDavid, and I sit there, and I'm like, can you not have the balls to make the call? Like, or get out. Get, because what happens is then people start to wonder. Well, you know, Bob, it's Vegas. You know, you don't tell. You're not telling me some modern day Ace Rothstein is sitting there and he hasn't sunk his. Neck. I'm like, that's not what's going on here. This is, you know, this isn't your. No, they're they're not calling Vegas any different than they're calling the Islanders than they're calling Montreal. It's not a mistake that three of the four teams left are totally defensive, big hook and hold teams, right? The Islanders play like Jersey played in the 90s. The Habs, we watched them play all year. The only way they win is with four huge defensemen who can do whatever they want. And Vegas is the same thing. Vegas Vegas hooked and held and impeded. I watched every minute of that Colorado series. They pounded Gerard and McCarr when they didn't have the puck, right? Pounded them when they have the puck. They pounded when they didn't. They wouldn't let McCarr join the play. They hooked them and held them through the neutral zone the same way Winnipeg hooked and held McDavid through the neutral zone. So here's where we're at. Everything that changes in hockey between January and June, right, everything that used to be a penalty that isn't works for the guy that's named Kyle Clutterbuck, works for Joel Edmondson, and doesn't work for Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid, right? Check Connor McDavid through the neutral zone, but only when he has the puck ball, right? Don't check him when he doesn't have the puck. Right. Che- uh, uh, check pound Kale McCarr when he goes back into his end, but only when the puck's there, not when the puck's not there. 
And in the playoffs, you get to beat on Cam McCarr whether or not he has the puck, and you get to impede him whether or not he has the puck, and that's how Vegas beat Colorado. They just they impeded and hooked and pounded and held and bullied, and they beat a Colorado team. Sam Gerrard went away in that series, just went away, right? Yeah. So that's the problem here. Every, every direction that the league lets the rules change in the playoffs works against the guys that sell the tickets and works for all the guys that don't. Did you ever read the piece the night the lights went out in the Review Journal uh, out of Vegas? Yeah, I don't think so. All right. Wisconsin was heavily bet. They were playing UNLV, and suddenly the lights just got plugged and pulled at Sam Boyd Stadium. It's quite the piece, let me tell you. And no, I don't believe the fix is in. What I'm saying to you is that they need to fix something else, and you're saying the same thing. So how much of this is the officials, and how much of this is the league, Mark? Oh, first of all, let's get something straight. The officials aren't biased against a team. They don't want one team to win, okay? Absolutely. The refs aren't out there starting the game going, okay, I'm cheering for Montreal. We're going to make sure they It doesn't work that way. And I think we could say, Bob, that they are missing calls in both directions. So that's the first thing. The next thing is, frankly, it's the people that run the officials. It's hockey ops and the official department who, in who, New York. Who, so who is Hockey that? ops, Colin, Colin Campbell and all the, and, and his people. Um, you know, who do you call them? The Peterborough Mafia. Those are the guys that set the tone, even for the director of, of officiating and stuff. Stephen Wacom tells his ref how he wants it to go, but Hockey Ops tells Stephen Wacom how they want it to go, right? Hockey Ops really directs the, the sport. I've had this conversation with John Shannon on Mondays, and he's of the belief that it's more about Wacom and less about Campbell. And yeah, I'm, he's wrong. He's okay. wrong. So... The point is, hockey, because what happens is, frankly, Bob, it's the GMs that shape this thing. When they do a, a big crackdown at the start of the season on, on remember, what was the last one they did? Slashing on the hands. That was probably the last one, right? When they do a big crackdown on slashing on the hands, that comes out of the GM meetings. And the people that inform the GMs, yeah, Stephen Walker will have a, 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 his time at that meeting to speak to the collective GMs. But Hockey Ops sets up those meetings. Hockey Ops sets the agenda for those meetings. Hockey Ops is the ones that really direct the general managers to pay attention to these things. The general managers then make their decisions. But they are, they are, the, the table is set for them on which decisions to, to try to make before they get there. That's Hockey Ops. I'm going to tell you right now, Bob, Hockey Ops is antiquated. They need some new young life in there. And this whole thing about hockey having to be a war in the playoffs and you got to battle through and the, the rule book gets thrown away, we've hit critical mass. They're talking about it here on Ched. We're talking about it on Sportsnet. They're talking about it, uh, Pierre Maguire on NBC. Everybody's talking about it now. They're in a little bit of trouble here. Change is coming. Change has got to come. The other thing that has always happened is veteran teams get veteran calls in the playoffs. I will, Mark, I watched it with the Oilers in the early 80s against the Islanders, and by the end of the late 80s against Boston, Edmonton was the team that got the occasional beneficial call. Red Joe in the 780 says, NFL lets their stars shine in the biggest games. That's why they're the number one sport in North America. The NHL will never get above number four until I figure that out. Reg, I basically said the same things 
all the time. Uh, Edmonton Quibb says, I've been saying the refs are ruining hockey for almost a year. Now that everybody else is getting fed up as well, what can be done about it? The refs are influencing the game and turning the game into a confusing goon fest. Well, the one thing I want, like, Tampa Bay's got a veteran team. They got veteran calls. Mark, Ryan McDonough cross-checked Josh Bailey right in the face. Two-minute minor. Okay, because Bailey, got, or sorry, not Bailey, uh, Brock Nelson, because Brock Nelson got up. Okay, yeah. uh, Ma- Matthew Barzell half-assed cross-checked. Uh, that was a vicious cross-check, Bob. It wasn't half-assed. Uh, he cross-checked him right in the face. His stick yeah, bent. And he got, and he got, bent, Bob. And he got a major penalty. Why are they? You should they, get suspended for it. Well, both like, guys. I, I'm suspending him I, for a game. I don't care I, about his. All right, and how much does and how much does McDonough get? Why? Did I don't McDonough, know. Well, the, they both the, you know. they both should have gotten major penalties, Mark. That's the point. Yeah, I don't think you should be. But I think we're in agreement, Bob. You shouldn't be able to like the cross check that Edmondson put on um, a carrier the other day. Right, he was going down into the boards. He cross checked him on the nameplate and drove his face into the boards. That, that's you just can't have that in our game. I agree. No sex. No sex hit from behind on Weber. It was a. That's a five-minute game misconduct hit from behind. In international hey, hockey, you are history when you throw Vegas, that hit every day. Mark, Vegas has got a nasty team, and they take advantage of the – I'm telling you right now. They do. Real. They do. The, the big guys take advantage. Shea Weber takes advantage. Sure. Well, who, who throws more cross-checks out there in this league Ashley today? Ashley settles back. And the problem for a guy like Barzell right. and those skill guys is they end up – it used to be that the enforcers, and we'll talk about this with Al May, the enforcers used to legislate it, but then we enforce the enforcers out. So yeah, there's now, no enforcers anymore. There's no enforcers. So now if you're a player, you have to protect yourself, which is what happens with Barzelli. He gets frustrated. He's getting hooked and held every time he's up the ice. Uh, Dave has texted the show to say, Bob, as soon as the owners get bigger, tougher, nastier to suit the current playoff refereeing, the league will change it up as they should. And with all due respect to 97 and 29, the owners will not have enough skill required. That one comes to us from Dave. More on this. Problem with officiating uh, is teams with superb special teams don't get a showcase of skills all to make the fourth and third line, uh, fourth line and third pair the stars of the playoffs. That one comes to us from JB. Well, again, you know, five, Connor McDavid's played roughly 500 minutes. I think Joshua Marshall just fired me this one. Um, and he says, Bob, McDavid's played over 500 minutes in the playoffs. He's drawn, he's drawn three calls in that time. Uh, Speck, you're clueless, says Aaron. It was a soft cross-check by Barzell. I actually thought he, lo- I thought he lost his uh, uh, stick. Uh, Mark, by the way, former D-man, Lark, says, Bob, the NHL is at number four. College football is bigger yeah. than the States. Yeah, they're not number four in most towns. <laughs> no question. Definitely not south of the Mason-Dixon line, if you know what I'm saying, Mark. Like, hey, it, you know, if we get a travel again, Mark, ESPN in the fall, with all, and I know they're going to do the NHL. College football reigns supreme on Saturdays in the United States in the fall. They do. That's all there is. Of course to. it does. All right. Sure. So your suggestion is uh, Rob just uh, jumped aboard and said, Bob, the NHL seems to hate skill. What's wrong with letting the skill thrive? What's wrong with more goals? Only goalies and coaches will be sad because of more power plays. Mark, is it realistic to think that, like, I think it's inevitable changes coming. Gary Bettman's 69. I don't know off the top of my head how old Colin Campbell is. But what can the, what, what can the players do about it? Well, 
nothing. The players, the players are part of this thing. The players do what the coach tells them to do. The the biggest issue is coach. No, with the right? with the with the league with the league. What can the what can? There's one way to deal with this. Okay. The players. Yes, Why would the player? What would the players do? I mean, more. There's more players that want to be able to try to hang on to Connor McDavid, and there are guys who are Connor McDavid. Like the players aren't going to help this thing, Bob. Well, what would they possibly do? Mark, what's an event that is for the stars that the league sells that's a corporate entity and a corporate event for the league? Oh, yeah, but you're not going to get a bunch of guys to boycott the All-Star game to change the rule book, Bob. That's a pipe dream. Not happening. That is, somebody has suggested that may be what has to happen. No, no Sorry, not coming. Garage League. But, Mark, I'm glad you've come around on this. Because a year ago at this time, I don't think you were thinking this way. Well, I think that I would say that, you know, I've always been a guy that I understand the referees and I understand what they're doing. And, and frankly, a lot of this comes because the, the coaching overwhelms these guys with uh, infractions at this point. So when we talk about, you know, they're not catching the hooking and the holding, someone said to me the other day, an executive guy, said, you watch the Islanders play and you find me four restraining fouls in any Islanders game. They play so well at what they're doing. It's hard. Right? They're coached so well. Groups of five in every zone, all that stuff. So what I'm saying is it's hard for the refs in those little small plays. This season, there's been a, a much higher degree of you know, the the Edmondson cross-check, the Nosek hit from behind, the Corey Perry miss. Um, you know, I watched Nurse shoot that puck over the boards. I couldn't believe it was the penalty. Uh, there's been a bigger plays like that. Now we're talking, to me, I look right at the referee. I don't look at his boss as much. I don't look at hockey ops. When they, don't, when they miss Corey Perry, they don't have the guts to make that call. That's not Stephen Walkham making that they call. That's the referees. Mark, they don't want to influence the game. Well, then get out of the get off the rink because you're a referee. Referee gets paid to influence the game, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's like me being a columnist and saying I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to not make any friends. I don't want to make an enemy. I don't want to make anyone mad when I write. Well, then get off the page because it's part of the job. Uh. Bob uh, says, Paul, is change coming? Do you change how you build a team, more skill and speed, less grunts if you think, well, I do think change is coming, Mark. You think change is coming? It is, but it is. Change is coming, but it's not just going to change to a point where the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup with what they have. Yeah, It's still going to be a grind. It's, it's it, Hopefully we get some change, Bob, but don't think that the Oilers can keep the lineup they have and change will make them into a champion. That's not going to be the case. All right, Mark, awesome stuff. Thanks for joining us today. All right, Bobby, enjoy that tilt tonight. I will. 128 in Edmonton. Uh, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Into the Oilers Now Prospect Report, brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry, a legacy of excellence. Make your dream home or custom renovation. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Uh, Brendan, you got a special player you've been focusing on, or do you want me to... I got you, Bob. I've been hearing a lot about Kent Johnson in the last couple of days. Another member of the University of Michigan powerhouse. He's ranked third among North American skaters in the final NHL Central Scouting rankings. Slender, 6'1", 165 pounds as a centerman, but he is drawing comparables to uh, Elias Pettersson with the Canucks. And it's interesting because with Vancouver picking at nine, there's a chance that uh, his hometown team 
team actually could have a shot at him. So he's, he's got the lacrosse goal to his credit, and that's sort of where his, his flair is and the high-end skill. I think he'd have to fill out in order to be a true number one center, Bob, but I think a lot of people thought the same of Pedersen, and here he is. So we'll see about Kent Johnson, too. By the way, on this date in 2002, I was in Toronto with the NHL entry draft. Ken Dryden did a 17-minute speech. The Oilers took Yessi Ninimaki, 15th overall. He was ranked 50th by Central Scouting in Europe or something like that. Anyhow, uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Alan May, longtime NHL player, Washington Capitals broadcaster. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.